Today on Soundtrack Alley, you'll hear as I interview Yasmin Salama. I'll be having an excellent conversation with her about her career, her various use of instruments, and new music coming soon for her. This is brand new material and it's excellent. The show begins now. This is Randy Andrews with Soundtrack Alley. I've got an interview here with Yasmin Salama. And Yasmin, it's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Uh, My first question for you is, when did you begin composing music? So interesting question, because I actually don't remember a time that I wasn't composing. (laughs) Even before I could play instruments, I always had unique melodies going through my mind. So I think that was what really launched me off on even wanting to play an instrument in the first place was so that I could get those melodies out. Uh, So I even remember as a maybe five or six year old kid, I would sit down at pianos, not even knowing how to play yet and would just start messing around with my own unique melodies.
what helped you really develop uh, your voice for the unique pieces of music that you compose? So I grew up exposed to a wide variety of music and specifically a lot of instrumental music. Um, so where you have most kids listening to a soundtrack to a Disney movie where they're just, the example I like to give is The Lion King where a lot of other kids are singing Hakuna Matata. I was listening to Hans Zimmer's soundtrack. So I've, all the different movies that I watched growing up, I would really just be paying attention to the instrumentation and what, what was I hearing in the background. And because of that wide variety of music that I was exposed to from Celtic music, Middle Eastern music, Oriental, it was just all over the place. I just constantly had all of these different sounds going through my head at once. And so I just did a mesh of them as I was composing for, for myself. And I think the second aspect of that is I really just had a very unique taste. I'm stupidly picky about the music that I listen to. And so growing up, every time I would find something that I really liked, I would just listen to it over and over and over until I understood everything that was done in that song. And then we'd try to replicate it and then mix in some of these other elements that I had heard growing up listening to all the different ethnic, uh, ethnic style of music that I was exposed to.
what do you enjoy about your original compositions? Two, I would say there's two sides of that. One is when you do have very unique taste in music and you can happen, you happen to be able to compose it, you can compose the music exactly as you like to listen to it. So when you listen to other people's work, especially as a composer, I can't help but dissect it. I'm listening to all the different elements that I'm hearing and I'm making different decisions as I go. I would have played this differently. I would have done not necessarily that what they did was wrong or bad, but when you do your own compositions, you have control over all of that. So I really enjoy the fact that I can compose the exact style and type of music that I would like to listen to. And so I do actually listen to a lot of my own work just on my iPod or on the way to work, that kind of thing. Um, and then as far as, you know, I do a lot of cover music as well, video game and uh, film music covers. And I really like being able to reimagine these melodies in a way that I would like to hear it. So a lot of those types of songs are written for specific sequences. But when you do a cover of them, I don't have to be concerned about that. I can take that melody and reimagine it exactly the way that I would like it to sound.
when you've composed your compositions, what stories do you want them to tell? So actually, all of my songs have their own individual stories. I compose primarily based on the stories that I have in my head, or I'm actually a writer as well. I do a lot of poetry and um, novel writing as well. So each of my songs, um, just a couple examples of ones that uh, are either released or going to be released soon. I have a song that I called um, After the Mutiny that tells the story of a band of pirates that mutinied against their captain and the cap the I guess the tagline after that is now what? What, what? what do we do now with that? And so the entire story of that song and how I composed it was me imagining this story of this band of pirates that committed a mutiny. Um, and so each of my songs kind of have that vibe to it. Another song that I have is called Lighthouse, which is also available. And that one, I encompassed everything about this dark, misty lighthouse overlooking an ocean that is maybe just after a storm and the entire story of that piece uh, is actually speaking to my mother and like my gratefulness of everything that she has done to raise me. So each of my pieces does actually have an attached poem or short story to go along with it. Um, and those are all available or going to be available on my website as well. So every time you hear the song, you'd be able to attach it to the story that it goes with. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with my love for soundtrack music of just how, how important music is when you're watching a film or playing a video game, the way that it draws you into the story even more than just watching the movie play out by itself. Music really sets that emotional tone for how you feel while you're, while you're experiencing media. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel.
how did you get into composing music for uh, like the covers for film or video games or even, you know, using some of your own work to compose covers for that? Yeah, so a lot of my an initial interest in music came from, as I mentioned, soundtracks, uh, specifically from my love for video games. Um, so there were a couple very specific ones that just launched off my my love and my interest that, and I started with covers of those songs. Um, so one primary one is The Legend of Zelda. Everything about The Legend of Zelda franchise, the from the music to the storyline to the gameplay, just everything about it is essentially, it sums up my childhood. <laughs> So it was after playing Ocarina of Time as a kid that I just asked the question, is that an actual instrument? Is that, is that something I can play? And sure enough, I Googled it and it turns out it was an actual instrument. And so I bought one and I've been playing it ever since. So it didn't just launch off a love for music or a love for game music. It also launched off my primary instrument. It launched off my interest in wanting to do my own versions and renditions of uh, some of the video game themes that I had heard. And I think the unique thing about Legend of Zelda is that, uh, especially for Ocarina of Time, if, I'm not sure if you've played it or if anyone listening has played the game before, but there's a lot of standalone, really short melodies that you play throughout the game. And each one of them is gold. They're just the most beautiful, amazing mini motifs. So any one of those, there's so many different things that you can do with that. And I view like my primary strength in music to actually be melody. So it, to me, it just kind of flowed from there to take those melodies and what can I do with it? Let me figure out how to play it on the ocarina. Let me play it on the flutes. Let me play it on keys. And let's just see, let's see what happens. Let's mess around with it and see what happens. So yeah, Zelda definitely launched that off. And from there, I grew a love for pretty much if the video game didn't have good music, I wouldn't play it. <laughs> So like absolutely love the soundtrack to games like Battlefield and Dragon Age. And so all, all of these ones that have come up throughout my, um, through my gaming experiences have then also almost as soon as I finish playing the game, I'm like trying to do my own rendition of the songs.
what instruments do you play the most? And because I've seen a compilation of different instruments that are on your website, and a lot of them are truly unique. What do you use frequently? Uh, definitely the ocarina is my uh, my primary go-to of the wind instruments. Um, so to kind of give you a background on that, I play keys and I play a variety of world winds. So pretty much if you can blow into it, I can play it. <laughs> so the, all the different types of flutes that I play are just ethnic flutes from around the world. And the ocarina is unique because it's also the oldest wind instrument in the world. And it's been found in virtually every society, every ancient society, there's a version of it. So that makes it an extremely versatile flute in a way that you can just adjust some of the styling of the way that you play it to fit almost any different ethnic sound that you're going for. So that one's definitely been my favorite to play around with. And I'll also admit it's, it's a very easy instrument to play. Um, so it looks cool. It's easy to play. It's versatile. So I play it with everything. Um, the second instrument would be keys because I play all my backing tracks are virtual, um, virtual tracks. So that's all MIDI keyboard, as you can see behind me here. <laughs> Uh, the MIDI keyboard virtual sounds just meant that, okay, I'm pretty much playing keys all the time for all of my backing instruments. And then I play the melody mostly on ocarina. Mm -hmm. And then all the other instruments, um, I think I'm up to 10 now, uh, 10 total instruments. And they're all just variety of wind instruments from around the world. Um, so you may hear, I, I have a song that features the Chinese DZ. Um, which is a very unique sounding flute. Absolutely love the sound of that one. Um, another one that features the duduk, which is an Armenian clarinet, very difficult instrument to play. I'm still kind of working out the kinks on that one. Um, and that one is also featured in uh, songs like Battlefield. And I did a rendition of We Three Kings for Christmas time that also features the duduk in it as well. Uh, so it really just depends on what I'm aiming for. What is the sound that I want to get out, what is the feeling, the genre, the feeling, or the ethnic background that I'm going for with each song that I compose. What do you love most about, say, the flute and the recorder? So the flute will always have a special place in my heart because it is it was the first instrument that I ever played. Um, and I just love the soft sounds. Like to me, it's just beautiful. There's no way to play the flute in a way that, that's, that's not beautiful. And that, that soft breathiness to it, I think it makes it a very dynamic instrument in, in the sense that there are, there are instruments that you can really only play in certain ways that don't allow you to explore the emotion of the instrument in the way that you can with your voice when you're singing. And to me, the flutes are the closest thing, the closest instruments with, I would put the violin as well in that category, um, to the, the expression that you have when you're singing. So I love the emotion that you can get, the emotional range that you can get out of the flutes. And the recorders are also curious because the very first instrument that I picked up to explore was the recorder. Um, and it was after me messing around on the recorder that my parents got me the flute. And then the flute was my first actual instrument that I practiced and learned how to play uh, you know, formally and professionally. And then the recorders, I just kind of never got rid of. They, they just... I love the way they sound. They're, to me, an, a very easily overlooked instrument. You often will hear them just played in grade school and everybody thinks they're a toy. And when I found out that there's a range of recorders, you have, you know, the soprano is the most common one that you'll hear in grade school, but there's also a sopranino recorder. There's a tenor, there's a, a baritone, there's a bass. You can just go down the spectrum with the variety of and depth that you can get out of the, out of the recorders. Uh, whereas the other instruments that I play can tend to be a little bit more pigeonholed. I feel like the recorders and the flute are the most versatile. 
what or whom has been your inspiration for composing music? Oh goodness, where do I start? <laughs> there are a few specific composers uh, that come to mind that I definitely want to mention. Um, one is James Horner, rest in peace. Um, his work on uh, just Titanic, Mask of Zorro, Braveheart. I just love his exploration of melody. To me, that was something that was unique to him in comparison to other composers that would have very orchestrally you know, phenomenal work, but not memorable melodies the way that James Horner did. Um, the other one, the obvious one would be Hans Zimmer, um, especially a lot of his earlier works, the ones that I grew up with as a kid, like The Lion King. Um, and after exploring a lot of the Chinese instruments that I play now, his work on The Last Samurai really helped to kind of launch off how, how to make that sound, how to get it to sound oriental and feel. Um, so learned a ton from, uh, from those two particular composers. And then I, there's a specific composer that I grew up listening to that not a lot of people are aware of, and I would love to just give him a shout out here, and that's David Arkenstone. And his music was another one that was just very uniquely melodic in a way that I didn't hear in a lot of, especially mainstream music where it's very lyric heavy or very rhythmic heavy. David Arkenstone's work was just the exploration of melody. And I would also add to that list Secret Garden. Secret Garden was a very strong early influence for me on the, on the sound. Like you'll notice from hearing, especially a lot of my original works, if you listen to Secret Garden, you'll hear some of those influences pulled in from there. Um, and then otherwise, a lot of my influences have actually just been the stories themselves. Whether it's a story that I'm writing, a story I'm watching, a story that uh, somebody else has uh, told me, story books, like I read a lot, read a lot of fantasy especially, and have pulled a lot of inspiration directly from those. My brain is just always composing something. So if I have a story visual, it would just kind of start coming out of, oh, this is how, this is what this scene sounds like as I'm reading through a book. And then sometimes I've even had to put the book down and go and work on it and see how does this sound. So I'd say those are, those would be the primary inspirations that will always launch off a new song for me.
future projects do you have in the works that you can tell me about? Sure. So I have a few. <laughs> um, one big project that I have actually been working on for a while is an album uh, that's temporary title is The Hourglass Collection. So I do a lot of kind of dark, creepy lullaby sounding uh, songs. And I've only launched a couple. One of them is Broken Strings, which you can find uh, on my website. Um, and they're just, they all have a similar motif to them and a similar feel to them. And essentially just that they're dark, creepy sounding lullabies, um, kind of in the spirit of Danny Elfman's work. Um, so I am saving all of them and compiling them into a full album that will hopefully have an entire complete story as well, individual poems that will go with each of each of them. Um, so there's a few of those songs launched, but I'm hoping to have uh, several more of them done in the next year or so. I also just finished doing another cover of a Legend of Zelda song, which I'm really excited about because it's the Serenade of Water, which is my personal favorite Zelda melody from Ocarina of Time but it features seven different Zelda melodies. So if you're an avid Zelda fan and you listen closely, you can pick out those seven different melodies. So I'm really excited about that one and that one should launch also this year. And the last thing I'll mention is that I am actually working with a fellow composer named uh, Ben Edwards uh, from uh, Vicinity Studios, who um, is doing a lot of film uh, and commercial work right now. And he and I have been collaborating on a couple of projects as well, which I can't talk too much about, but just to say coming soon. <laughs>
Um, where can people find you and your music? So I would direct everyone to my website at emporiumofmelodies.com. Um, I built that one out to have just the, the look and feel that would make it a unique experience for each individual person that comes in. My whole theme is based on a theater for one. Well, welcome to my theater for one. It's you, it's only you, the story awaits your arrival. And so I think the best place to actually experience what I'm trying to accomplish and to make the music your own personal experience would be to go to my website. Um, and then I'm also available, I've got all of the social media platforms available as well. Um, you can follow me on Spotify. That's where a lot of my new music will be released. Amazon Music, iTunes, Bandcamp, you name it. You can pretty much find me everywhere now. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, Yasmin, uh, thank you so much for this interview. And I'm sure all your fans, as well as mine, uh, who listen to Soundtrack Alley, will really appreciate the music that you've composed and look forward to your future projects. I certainly hope so. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing here. It's phenomenal. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I hope you've enjoyed it, and if you're on iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really helps Soundtrack Alley Spotlight get noticed. Thanks.